are tuned in to the Way of Healing podcast, where we inspire humans to connect more deeply to their experience of life. My name is OJ. My name is Casey. We are connecting with practitioners to talk about the potential of the innate healing powers within. Hey, welcome back to the Way of Healing. A few technical (laughs) glitches, but we are up and running. So OJ is the only one who gets to wear a headset today. And today we have super special guest, Anna DiOrio. Welcome, Anna. Hey. Thank you. Did you want to uh, tell us a little bit about what you do? I actually, before I get into that, I met Anna at a self-improvement seminar. And interesting enough, she hurt her ankle and I hurt my ankle. And <laughs> she had asked me to work on her a little bit and we were going to exchange and it just, the timing didn't match up. And then I hurt my ankle and that happened. So she called me this weekend and was like, hey, I want to invite you to this thing. And I was like, hey, I want to invite you to this thing. And now we're here. Here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Anna's our second video podcast. Anna is a musician. She is a healing musician. She has an album called Inner Grounds. And this is a newly released, fairly newly released. December. December. Okay. So yeah. Within, Less than a year old. Yeah. <laughs> this year. And she's new to LA. We both are from New Jersey. Jersey. What? What, what up? <laughs> so <laughs> always happy to have another sacred soul who hails from the same part of the planet as me. It makes me feel good about my Jersey roots. So yeah. So we're here today at Red Round Talks to learn about Anna. Anna, do you want to tell us about Inner Grounds at all? Maybe some of the inspiration for it or uh, how it came to you and how it sort of became part of your own healing journey? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Casey. Yeah. Thank you, OJ. Mm -hmm. Really happy to be here. So Inner Grounds is my first album. I am an MC, rapper, singer, songwriter, and I started as a jazz singer. So my family is all jazz musicians. Hey. Didn't know that either. I like to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is jazzy. Um, Oh, beautiful. And trumpet. Wow. Awesome. Okay. I like to say I have roots in jazz and branches in hip hop. Mm. And I was living in Brooklyn for the past few years where I met Shrikala, who is a rapper, a producer, a singer, a yogi, and at the time was part of a group of people putting on conscious nightlife events Mm. around New York. So I met him at uh, Kirtan, I believe. And we instantly connected. We have really similar tastes in music. We both love to freestyle. And he produced a track on my EP and featured on it, uh, which came out a couple years ago. And then he moved to L.A. and I was ready to write my first album. And I called Shrikala right around New Year's 2016 into 2017. And I said, hey, bro, ready to do that album and I want you to produce it. And he said, great, come to L.A. And I flew out to L.A. in February of 2017. And we wrote and recorded the album and we had recorded and written some of it before I got out there, but the bulk of it happened in that week. We spent six days in the studio and recorded like the vast majority of it. And uh, in that process, I had a really deep healing and transformational journey to uncover these songs. I feel like it was my future self came into my body and like wrote these songs and rapped and sang these songs. And then ever since then, I've just been catching up with her. Nice. That was how Inner Grounds was born. I want to just say I was flipping through my notebook just now 
related to what you just said, I had written a couple of weeks ago, our partners in life are the silent echoes of our future. Oh, wow. So it's like this chick came to you, did the thing, and it was you, and now it's manifested here. Yes. In real form. You speak my language. (laughs) (laughs) And so from your album, actually, before we get into that, can you describe the kind of music it is? Yeah. um, It's like conscious hip-hop, jazz, soul music. So there's some spoken word in it as well as storytelling elements, but there's definitely a mix. I like to go between, I'll be like rapping a verse and then start singing. The last song on the album has the medicine drum and I'm just singing and then just do a quick spoken word, like rap verse at the end. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different elements. We have samples and also live instrumentation of harps, didgeridoos. Um, So all kinds of influences uh, it's hard to pigeonhole it into just one thing, but yeah. I would say uh, transformational hip-hop and jazz. Cool. Yeah. And so I'm assuming you play the drums. I play the frame drum mm-hmm. in that, uh, but Shrikala did a lot of the drum production, and we also had an amazing beatboxer on some of the tracks named cool. Arabelle, Heirloom Beats. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. And is this something you always knew you wanted to do? Um. Well, I've always done music. I started playing piano when I was five. I sang before I could talk. I started learning to sing jazz standards when I was 11, but I was singing them before Mm -hmm. that. Um, But like officially learning when I was 11. And I always loved creative writing as soon as I could and was writing poetry. Started taking it seriously in college and I had always loved hip hop. The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill was one of my formative albums growing up. And uh, it was kind of like writing rhymes and freestyling came to me as part of a healing journey. Mm. So that was definitely a a moment after college of like reclaiming my voice, Mm -hmm. my expression and uh, So I didn't always know that I was going to do it, but I think I always did want to do it because I knew I had something to express in a way that was bigger than just kind of the normal everyday way. You know, I knew it was always, I knew I was going to say something, express something that was big and expansive to make a difference for people. And so this is your second podcast. Yes, this is my, (laughs) Uh, I was telling them before, it's my second time on a podcast. The first time was. She said it's her favorite. Yeah. But that's not true. I mean, it's with uh, my other love, hip hop, freestyling. I was on the Ari the Rugged Man show, which is actually the Angry Long Island Guy podcast, he calls it. (laughs) So I had a freestyle at one of his shows um, shortly before going to record my album and uh he invited me to come be on a, his podcast when he was in new york with uh travi mccoy of gym class heroes my name was my rap name was happy accident at the time so if you search happy accident female rapper <laughs> you'll find it <laughs> <laughs> awesome. but that was the only other podcast i've been on nice cool and out of this album you're mentioning your course is it considered a course yeah it's an online course it's a program but I like to call it a reprogram Mm. because we're reprogramming and repatterning limiting beliefs and stories about ourselves Mm -hmm. Uh, so when I was writing the album I really connected with a deep process of 
journeying into the depths of my soul, communicating with my power animals, with my guides, because I've done a lot of shamanic journey healing work throughout the years. And that process opened up the ability to, to go and get lyrics for songs instead of like trying to think them out mm. or find them or like think them into existence. I actually use the drum to go on a journey. What do I need to say in mm. the song? Mm. What am I supposed to be sharing? Um, so asking the higher, my higher guides and powers, higher self to tell me what to say and what to express and following that. So it was, it was so healing. It really transformed a number of my relationships that helped me come to terms with some really challenging family dynamics. And I was like, I need to share this with more people. So I developed a curriculum. Okay. Tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Is it based in music? Is it, what's it like? It is for any artist and any medium. So it is a six-week journey for creative expansion and personal liberation. Mm. And we meet on the new moon, full moon, new moon, and full moon. And it's really exciting because I've done it in person twice in Jersey. <laughs> and then now I've started doing it online. So we meet on Zoom, uh -huh. which is really exciting because then I can share it with more people everywhere in the world. And in that process, everyone creates an original art project in mm. any medium. And it can be something they're familiar with or something they're not so skilled in. And over the course of the six weeks, they're consciously creating it using guided meditations, rituals, practices to let spirit guide the creative process. So if they ever, you know, come to a session and they haven't met their goals over the past few weeks, you know, mm -hmm. we really look at that like, are you judging yourself for that? Can you set that to the side and trust the process? And that sometimes the rest is the work you need to recharge. Mm. So really having the whole creative process be guided by an energetic healing process and having them work hand in hand. Juicy. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about it. When, when you told me that that was part of what you did, I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> You know, Thank dive you. Dive into that and look into that. So you've been doing that since you were back in back home in Jersey. Yes. Huh. How long has it been going on? Um, the first time I did it was in twenty September twenty seventeen. Hmm. So uh, that was after I had left a job that I'd been working at that I loved, but I knew I didn't want to do administrative work anymore, and I had never considered healing as a pathway. I was hosting these shamanic drum journey circles on like the new moons and full moons just mm. out of the love for it. And it was something that I was able to give so much and gain so much from. But it wasn't until I met uh, the woman who would become my business coach, my mentor, J. Love Calderon, where I started to see this is my purpose. This is something that I can pursue at a larger scale and that I can be compensated for, that it can pay the bills and make a difference and fulfill my spirit. So Yeah, I think that's where it's at. And that's where we're going with this. It's like Beautiful. we're in our purpose, we're on our mission, and we're sticking to it, and we're going to make life happen while pursuing our, our passion. Mm. Yeah, you have to. It's so important. And that's part of my mission with that is to hold the space for people to empower themselves Mm -hmm. to do that and know that it's possible and that they're worthy mm -hmm. of that. Because I really believe 
this world shifts the more people we have walking around owning claiming living the purpose so i love what you guys are doing here too yeah <laughs> i was thinking about something oh yeah just this morning um i had uh, my tuesday morning dog hike and uh it was a smaller pack today and i was walking down the street had five well i wasn't down the street i was on a path and i had the same thought of like hmm Loving what you do is a really important thing. Otherwise, it feels like we don't have purpose or we don't have meaning or we're stuck in our head all the time. And if we're guided by higher, our higher selves, our highest self, our dharma, our spirit, then it enables us to really be empowered to follow the things that deeply resonate. And that's part of what provides healing for ourselves and then that echoes out reverberates out into the world but yeah if you're walking around unhappy at your job right it's like well you take that into every aspect of your life mm -hmm. so what that is is a message from the universe to look at okay i have discomfort here right or maybe it's a part of your body or something but what is that here to teach you or to show you or to offer you. So the transition can be super scary because we have this conditioning of like, you know, doctor, lawyer, still, right? Restaurateur. I mean, there's only a handful of things that you're taught about in your early days in school. And then it's like up to us to explore ourselves and feel safe to go outside of that, those five career paths. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's groovy that you're, you know, that you're in your music and that your music, you found a way to combine your, you know, what feeds you, what nourishes you, the new moon, the workshops, and are making, are making it what you're doing. Mm, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that was really a long way of highlighting that I think <laughs> what you're doing is rad. <laughs> yeah, transition's scary. For myself personally, I've, I'm transitioning between spaces and we have this podcast, which is transitioning. We, you know, this is the second. Expanding. It's expanding. Yeah. This is the second video podcast technically that we've done. And I think going forward, we're going to keep it up because people apparently like seeing our faces. Hi. And there's a lot of surrendering and acceptance of where you are in life. And for me, it's it's been a test. It's like... I have all these things right on the horizon. There's a, a new space opening up. We have the video documentary right on the horizon and all these cool things lined up. But in the meantime, it's like financially I'm not where I want to be. And it's tempting to be like, maybe I should just go pick up a part-time job and do something and go into marketing, which is what I got my degree in, and just fill the void while these things are in the workings. But at the same time, it's like everything in my life is so in sync right now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I know I'm on the right path. I know that I'm being guided. It's been a test. It's like, are you going to, are you going to buckle? Are you going to falter? Are you going to go back into the normal world? I guess the normal way of thinking, or are you going to really continue to trust? The safe, right? The safe. Safety. There's right. security, quote unquote, security. Totally. totally. In the job that has the benefits, that has the paycheck mm. every two weeks, that's a guaranteed blah, 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 and the paid vacation. Yeah. But yeah. how much of your soul is starving in exactly. that environment? Exactly. And how much of yourself 
can you really express? Mm -hmm. If you feel fully expressed in that job, hell yeah, you keep that. But, you know, yeah, we know that like being in that and being out of that are two very different things. And being out of it feels really way better for me. And I always knew that, but there's a lot of stumbling coming into finding one's own, especially mm -hmm. when it's like there's financial needs that you've got to meet when you don't have your clients booked. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I actually dealt with um, a lot of that when I first came out to L.A. in mm -hmm. October because sure. yeah. I had my client base in the East Coast. And then I got out here and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to meet people and everyone's open and it'll be easy and seeing that it really wasn't, <laughs> it was really challenging at first. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's amazing that you're feeling that uh, alignment and synergy. And also, you know, you always have to do what's right for you. So there was a moment when I was like, maybe I should just get a job. And right. I was, and it was in a space of desperation mm -hmm. almost. And I hadn't yet relaunched Inner Grounds because I paused it for a minute and then just relaunched it last month. And it was before I had done that and I didn't really have like a clear vision of how I was going to be moving forward with my practice. And I was, yeah, really in a space of scarcity. And then I did a lot of deep work around what was in the way there for me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it all went back to things from my childhood things yeah. I was still mad at my parents about, you know, and being able to like take a step back and say like, you know what, if I were to get a job, this is what it needs to be. Yeah. You know, I need to have like a certain number of hours so I can still pursue what's important to me. I can still do my curriculum. I can still do my music and, you know, being real that like not having that stable, steady income was blocking me from really showing up mm -hmm. for my potential clients and, the people that I was working with. Same. Same. Um, but being able to apply for jobs from a space of like newness and openness and like I'm not doing this to prove something to anyone. I'm not doing this for anyone else. Like this is for me. I found an amazing job um, helping run the office for a chiropractic and holistic wellness center in West Hollywood. Right. And it feeds me in so many ways and as I as much as I give to it I get back mm. but like you're saying that's the only kind of job where when you're a healer when you have a big big vision if you're going to be working for someone else you know it needs to be that level of giving back to you mm -hmm. and fulfilling you but just one piece about that, because another reason I was hesitant at first was because I have all these people around me, like empowerment coaches, making so much money, just doing what they love. And there was a lot of judge, self-judgment and comparison that I felt like, oh, if I go and get a job, then I'm failing. Mm -hmm. And I had to really work at that to, to let that go, uh, to be able to find this position and that is what's allowed me to relaunch my business in this new way. Very so a cool. couple different angles to view it from, but I so appreciate what you're saying, you know? Yeah, yeah. I spent the weekend with my in-laws and my youngest brother-in-law just turned 14, I believe, and just started high school. And so we had this conversation about like life and career and about really pursuing what you're passionate about. And I think going into this age of femininity, 
the masculine way of approaching your job and your career is it's changing and the people that are going to start going out and putting themselves out there and pursuing something that really feeds their souls and that is in alignment with their calling. Um, I do believe that those are the people that are going to be the happiest in life mm -hmm. and that yeah. the age of the nine to five work in the job that absolutely destroys you is going to start destroying you if you let it. And if you don't find that balance in your life, your body is an expression of what your soul wants or what your soul is saying. So your body is going to start talking to you in new ways if you don't start following your path and following your inner calling, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's that's been my experience as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you still doing things on the new moon and the full moon, or how is yes. your program working? Um, it's really so beautiful right now. We just finished our uh, three third of four sessions. Uh -huh. So our final session will be next week on the full moon. And then I have another one launching on August 29th cool. for the new moon. Mm -hmm. What a neat thing to, to coordinate with the moon. That schedules it for you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and that was, um, yeah, absolutely. It definitely makes it easier to pick the dates. <laughs> um, but that was another thing that was very much guided by spirit. I said, okay, I'm ready for this curriculum. And I just asked, how do you want me to do this? What does it need to be? What's going to make the biggest difference for people? And having that that anchor, and then they have that space in between to to do their own reflection work, do their own no pun intended um, creation, all of that, and then coming back to that anchor, it's really really powerful. What's your experience been like with people that haven't been exposed to that kind of work, that type of self reflection that come to you and they come to you for the possibly the art perspective of it mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they're diving deeper and they're like whoa this is that's actually been one of the things that's so beautiful about it because um I like to think of myself as a gatekeeper in a lot of ways like I'll hold the door it's your job to go through mm -hmm. I'll shine the light it's your job to follow it but I've had a lot of people do this kind of work that I've never done anything like that before, who are more artists, creatives. And I love that because there's an openness. Mm -hmm. There's um, so much beauty in beginner's mind. Sometimes when I work with people who have been, you know, on the path of the awakening and spiritual growth for a certain number of years, they might think they already know what it's going to be like. So even for people who I work with who come from a background, I always invite them in the, the interview before they sign on because I, I don't work with just anyone. I want to work with people who are really going to do the work, show up for it. Mm -hmm. But for people who have been on the path for a long time, I'm very much like you need to get to the space where you're starting this fresh. Yeah. You know, Can you relate to this like you've never done any of this before? Right. And the right brain where the art and the creativity comes from is also the place where we start connecting to our higher selves, I mm. feel like, right? That stepping outside of the physical, it's all on the right side of the brain. So going into like the art and the creativity starts to get people to tap into that side of themselves mm -hmm. a little more. What's the process like? Is it a lot of meditation? Yeah, there is a lot of meditation. Those guided meditations are very much a journey. So in that process, when we meet on the the moon cycles, 
It'll be a journey into a specific part of their soul. The shamanic healing work that I've done is largely based in soul retrieval. So going um, into your psyche to retrieve parts of your soul mm. that have been lost or forgotten or taken, right? So if there is a limiting pattern that could come from something from their past when they were a child, you know, they were told, be quiet. And I see this with a lot of women I work with. There's a lot of stifling the voice or holding back because they're told not to be too loud, not to be too expressive. Mm -hmm. So in the healing process of that, we'll do guided meditations that are journeys to that, that little girl or that little boy to bring them back into the heart space so mm -hmm. your expression can be more uh, a whole portrait of who you really are and what you're here to say. Yeah. Inner child work. Yes. It's so everything. When it comes to you now, it's suddenly coming all the time. All the time. Um, I just met up with somebody who had led a shamanic, shamanic yes, shamanic no. That seems to be a little bit of a hot, but a delicate word these days. So in honoring that, there was a circle, a ceremony that I went to last week. And then when I met up um, with the leader of the ceremony after was like for coffee or tea. And what did we end up doing? Inner child work for five and a half year old Casey who mm -hmm. had, you know, didn't get seen in the kitchen one weekend morning and was trying to get the attention of her parents and her sister and anyone else who was there and decided to go into the freezer and take out the whole entire container of bonbons and march it right into her bedroom and eat the whole thing in her bed because, well, nobody was paying attention to her. So it's like, wow, didn't know that that was going to be the thing. And it's always the thing. Yeah. And it can sound, it doesn't matter how it sounds. It can sound trite. It can sound like, oh, you know, your inner child or your, have you done that work? Well, that work is powerful because all of the years that we've lived, there is that version of ourselves, right? The amygdala stores whatever negative association or whatever memory is there, and we have to go back and relate to it and take the charge off of that memory mm -hmm. and meet whatever need it was for the child at that time, then we can heal and go forth. And then I'm not going into every room wanting the bonbons, right? Right, right. So there's something, and I, I imagine, I haven't looked too deeply for this, but either there are studies that have already been conducted and there's data out there available, or I think that that will be something that we have access to in the future because it seems like all trails lead to inner child work. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm not sure exactly what that's all about. I'm really curious. I understand from a broad perspective, like we start as infants, we gr we grow, and then like after the midway point of our lives, the full life cycle, we go back to inf infancy mm -hmm. in essence, right? We shrink down, we get compressed, we get curled over, and we... You know, we might lose some of our faculties, et cetera, et cetera. We, we're not as steady on our feet, right? It's the full thing. But there's something in that with with kid work. Yeah. Well, we come in a blank slate, you mm -hmm. know. Tabula rasa. Completely fresh. And then we're just, we're sponges. You know, that's why it's so important to educate people who aren't parents yet or young parents, especially about the screens and everything. There's so much that can 
thwart the natural development of the child. And I was so lucky because I went to a Waldorf school as a kid and I didn't have a TV in the house. So I was able to grow up mm. in a very, in very earth-based teachings and really connected with the natural imagination. You know, we spent hours watercoloring and, you know, mm. all of that stuff is inherent in the chat in children when we, we come into this world. But, you know, we get pulled out, the fluorescent lights, they smack us on the bottom and, you know, that's when the trauma starts. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're developing our responses. You know, like you had that experience and you developed a certain response to walking into a room full of people when you have a need and your need doesn't get met. So you do what you do to deal with that mm -hmm. and to survive to it's survive. really at that point it's about survival yeah exactly and the thing that in inner child work that I believe is so important is is loving that and forgiving that you know that part of ourselves because it's great it got you this far mm -hmm. and you don't need it anymore mm -hmm. you know but like thank you thank you for your time here have a nice day. I appreciate your input. I'm going to just, you know, put you in a safe place. If you need to tell me something, I will listen and take it into consideration. But this is the way that I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's an important part because everything that happened in your childhood, everything that happened to you or for you made you exactly who you are mm -hmm. today, right? And actually, because inner child work has been coming up for me, I, I made this quote and I forgot what exactly I was doing, but it just came to me and I was like, ah. Uh, because there's, there's a lot of self-love that we need to start mm -hmm. taking care of ourselves in that way, right? Where we, there's aspects of ourselves where it's like, oh, I don't like that part of me or I don't like this part of me. Hypercritical too. Totally, mm -hmm. totally. And when you take a step back, it's like all that stuff is you, right? The, the yin and the yang, right? All the stuff you don't like about yourself also helps facilitate all the things you do love about yourself. Oh, that's so beautiful. All the yeah. good things that happened to you as a kid that made you shift your perspective in this way, all the bad things also helped shift your perspective to appreciate the good things, right? Mm -hmm. So it's uh, love yourself so much that you forgive your parents for all the mistakes they made raising you. And mistakes, I, I have air quotes on them. Because as a parent, it's like you're, you're, you are far from perfect. No one knows what they're doing as a parent. Everyone's kind of just winging it. But most parents, I'm not saying, oh, there's some really shitty parents out there. Um, most parents are coming from a loving place and they're just trying their best. And as a kid, you don't always see that perspective of things. As a kid, you victimize yourself very easily where it's like, well, my parents did this to me or my parents did this to me. And now as an adult with kids, looking back at my inner child and some of the struggles that I went through as inner child, it's like, yeah, some of the things that my parents did are really fucked up. And at the same time, it helped me become the parent that I am today, right? So I love myself so much as a whole, the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty, that any mistakes, again, quote, mistakes I perceived that my parents made in raising me, I forgive them because I love myself that much. 
Yeah, and that's a really, that's so beautiful. Thank you for You're that. Welcome. And Thanks so much. It's like the piece about forgiveness. I think a lot of people think forgiveness is something you do for the other person. Mm-hmm. But you forgive, I mean, at least for me, you know, like I forgive for me. Right. You know, that's to, that's to help me heal. That's so I can be clear of that. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful that you said that, you know, in the way that you framed it. What did you say? The the parts of that you don't like about yourself, you can use that to facilitate loving yourself? Uh, the parts that you don't love about yourself help facilitate the things you do love about yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's going to show up in her next rap. <laughs> I was about to say bars. <laughs> I actually have a song called Inner Child on my album. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Perfect. Inner Child on Inner Grounds. Yeah. And um, when we filmed the music video for it, me and my homies just dressed up in animal onesies and went to the playground with a bunch of like water guns. And it was so much fun. That'll be coming out at some point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very cool. Fun. So aside from the um, inner works, inner workings? Inner grounds. Inner grounds grounds that Mm -hmm. you do. When I first met you, you told me you did shamanic work as well. Yeah, so the shamanic drum journeys, and yes, shamanic is a very hot button word, right? So At least in America. My, <laughs> my first experience with this was in college. I studied cultural anthropology. And uh, when I was a sophomore, I took a class on shamanism mm-hmm. where we were reading and learning about shamanic cultures all around the world, indigenous cultures all around the world. At Boston University, they do. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Guess who else did cultural anthropology? You do. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. That, that, are, you, are you getting, are you yeah. seeing the pattern? New Jersey, yeah. cultural anthropology. <laughs> Jazz. Jazz. <laughs> Jazz. Singing. But yeah, in that class, it was really cool because my teacher, I think he was more focused on our spiritual growth than anything else. Good. And he brought us... As every teacher should be. Yes. Really? Yes. Mm -hmm. And he took us to a neo-shamanic drum journey circle in Cambridge. Neo-shamanic. That's a new term for me. I can appreciate that. That's Hmm. the like technical term for what I was trained in and what I learned. Interesting. uh, Which started... Michael Harner is attributed as like the developer of this. Foundation for Shamanic Studies is here in California, and that's who I've studied with. Ah, okay. Beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful. So you know. Mm. You know what's up. (laughs) (laughs) In some areas, yes. Um, But yeah, that was at an interesting point in my life because I was raised Catholic, and then I really rejected it uh, as a nice... Um, that was the cutest fist bump. <laughs> that was like our inner child thing, right? Because <laughs> there's a lot of healing that needed to happen there. Sure. Um, but I really rejected it in high school and beyond. I was like, I'm an atheist. You know, like, I don't care about any of this. Like, to deal with the pain of the guilt and all of that. And then um, I started to get to a more open place uh, in college. I took an astronomy class and started, I was like, wow, that's crazy that everything that conspired to make this earth happen, Mm -hmm. how could there not be something greater at work? Awesome. (laughs) You know, either this is a crazy freaking coincidence or just like, there's something greater at work. And yeah. even at that, even at a crazy freaking coincidence, that's enough to ponder yeah. for life. Right? Exactly. It's like, who, yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. And that was really interesting because to see that in such a scientific course, people often say it's like science or religion, but the really hardcore scientists often see that and they're just like, how can I explain this? Mm-hmm. This symmetry, this like all these forces conspiring to make yeah. this happen. Or even the correlations. Like we were just talking about Mercury and retrograde, but like, oh, What's the opposite of retrograde? What's it called? Direct. Direct. When it goes direct. When you were born, in, in terms of like your natal charts, when you were born, the certain planets were in retrograde, certain planets were, were direct. And depending on the time, the location, where everything kind of lined up where you were born, you look at your natal chart and it's like, this is, this is you, right? And it's like, how can a coincidence explain why everything on this natal chart describes me like and my personality and my habits and if you've never gotten your natal charts done there's a bunch of you can google it there's a few online but like if you look at the descriptions of what your what it says your personality is based on the date the time the location you were born it it lines up so much and it's like how is that possibly a coincidence mm, wow yeah and as you're as you're saying that, I'm just getting struck with like flashes of remembrance mm-hmm. of all of the things that conspired to get me here, mm-hmm. like these moments. So, like how I met this person in New York, <laughs> how I was supposed to be in mm-hmm. Switzerland, but I had issues with my passport and couldn't go. So I went with my mom to this jazz vocal class and met this woman who like introduced me to the man who became my teacher and helped me make my drum, you know? So it's, it's, as you're saying that it's just to step back sometimes. And especially when you're living this kind of life, living your Mm -hmm. purpose, following that, you know, those affirmations, like, wow, a lot. If, if I had been one minute later, if I had changed one thing about my day, my life would be completely different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think about that often, and I brought that up. The gas station. Well, oh, yeah, there's OJ, right, all of that. I brought that up recently. The When you're talking to somebody about, like, tracing back the how did you meet or how did this happen for you or whatever that kind of question is, you go back, but then you're like, but I have to go back before that and before that and before that and before that. And it's you realize that they're... There is no one reason why you've arrived in the place mm-hmm. at the time that you're here. Because if you needed to stop and go to the bathroom somewhere or you decided to get a coffee at this place rather than this place, like you said, life is completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's something to come back to when we're feeling like when we're in our ego, when we're stuck in our mind. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you have anything to share on that topic of sort of if you find yourself feeling unfulfilled or stuck in the mind or stuck in the ego or down in the dumps or, you know, whatever the valley is, we can call it any number of things and people call it lots of different things. Is there anything that you can offer to our listeners as like, well, this is maybe here's some wisdom on that, on that, on that piece of your journey or on that place that you're questioning or where you're not feeling feeling right a lot of it can come from shamanism right Mm -hmm. shamanism teaches us a lot about 
that nature of things. Thank you for that. Trust the process. Stay the course. And there is no wrong way mm. or right way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Chills. That's beautiful. There is no wrong way. That one really resonates for me. And uh, that to me, because the darkest period of my life was my senior year of college. The summer before I had a grant to go to New York and research uh, jazz music for my thesis. I was like, I want to write an undergraduate thesis. I got really interested with the anthropology of emotion, like how different cultures and societies and groups of people understand and express the emotional experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially in a community of jazz improvisers. And this was all connected to my grandmother who had studied uh, and sang with Lenny Tristano, who was a jazz singer or pianist. He was a pianist, sorry. My grandma was a singer. And he had a huge influence in his students. Like he's not as well known because he focused mostly on teaching, but all of his students carry this fervor and this torch of like studying with this this genius. And I was studying with one of his students, Connie Crothers in New York, piano and vocals. And I was going to shows and I was singing reigniting this flame from my youth because I had pushed it music to the side for many many years and a lot of that was stuff that was unresolved with my dad who's an amazing amazing artist and I never felt that I could live up to his expectations I could never live up to his greatness and his level of dedication so Because of that, I had really suppressed my voice as a musician. And as I was doing this research for the thesis a month into studying with Connie, I was like, fuck anthropology. I just want to do music the rest of my life. Before that, I was like, I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to get my PhD. I'm going to be an anthropology professor. And then it was like, music. This is what I'm here for. And I spent the whole summer in this like vibrant community And I also was able to explore more of the shamanic journeying, healing with people in New York. So it was um, a tremendous opening and expansion. And then I went back to college and I had to take this and put it into a paper. And I still had to fulfill on requirements. And I got um, extremely depressed uh, to the point of like, I didn't want to be alive anymore. And it's really cold in the winter in Boston too. That definitely didn't help. But... I would just lay in my bed and listen to Billie Holiday records <laughs> and cry for months, like nine months straight like that. And when you're in it, and this is another piece for anyone who might mm-hmm. be listening who deals with this, when you're in it, you know, no advice is going to get you to the other side. Nothing you hear, not always, sometimes it can, but like nothing is going to, You know, people can say, oh, it gets better. But when you're in it, you don't, that's not your reality. When you're really in that dark night of the soul, that's all that you can see. That's the tunnel. And for me, the thing that got me through that, like I'll say again and again, like Billie Holiday saved my life. If I didn't have my grandma's records and 
those records to put on when I got home from class to just like lie down and just cry and hear hear her sorrow unfolded in beauty, I might not have made it through. So I think that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that? There is no wrong way. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's beautiful. But I came out of that stronger than I ever could have been. And I come back to that like, oh, I made it through that. I can make it through this. Because mm-hmm. the, you know, depression can come in waves. So when that comes back, it gets easier every time because, and this is another thing, you know, for anyone who might be listening, who's in that space, remember what you've already gotten through. Like remember what you've accomplished and how far you've come instead of thinking about how far you still have to go. Yeah. Good tips. Yeah. Pro. Pro tip. Pro tip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jane and I are looking at each other. We have big visions for this podcast, mm. right? And right now, you know, we find ourselves where we're at in my, in my you know, lovely kitchen, unair conditioned <laughs> apartment. No, not that we need it, but that was that's something that's interesting. And I think part of that is that, like, I live alone. And mm. so when Anna came in, she's like, this space is so nice. It's so beautiful. It's so welcoming and whatever. And I come from the, a, a critical place of like, oh, I want to replace that and that thing and I that could be cleaned better and it's and OJ's like, you know, yeah, you're you're more critical, but it it it's good to expose yourself to other people's uh viewpoints because if we're too stuck in our own, then that negative self-talk can sometimes like hold the mic and mm-hmm. like hold it hostage. So, you know, get out there in whatever way you can and know that your path isn't always going to look the way that it looks right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think back, I've never lived in New York, but I know people that have, like (laughs) you guys, and it's like, this is a lot of space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a big, big apartment for a New York apartment. Oh, yeah. Uh (laughs) Spacious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like your bathroom is bigger than some rooms I've had. Mm -hmm. in New York apartments oh yeah I've had a room like with no window and no Mm. closet that was you know called a bedroom yeah yeah hey it's tough man but here we are here we are what cards did we pull we pulled a couple cards when we were having our technical difficulties right which was like that was another thing like we were sitting here for like the first 30 minutes and the equipment wasn't working. That's a first. That's trust the process. Yeah. yeah. You got to trust the process. We got to pull some cards. Like right. Spirit gave us space to pull some cards and clear some energy out and we did it. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled gratitude. Mm, I pulled light. I pulled honesty. So those are three mm. things that, that we offer up mm-hmm. that we're sharing in space. And there's some other beautiful cards here. Expectation I want to take a closer look at. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some feathers and some buffaloes on this card. Butterfly. Yeah, that's that's pretty potent. These are really gorgeous you know, cards. They're kind of amazing. Yeah. Did, how did the, these well, how did these oh, come to you? This Ha-ha. is a really cool story because part of what got me out to LA was my best friend. Ren Wilder is her artist's name. She's a musician. She also is a mixer on Warner Brothers, and she's just such an inspiration for me. And we met in sixth grade violin class Mm. (laughs) when I moved from Long Island to Jersey. And uh, she was the first person I met that I was like, oh, 
I met my fellow weirdo. You know, <laughs> we had like similar sense of music, uh, sense of music. Yes. Musical taste. And then also humor. Uh-huh. Yeah. And in high school, we would just sit in our parents' basements and play Regina Spector cover songs all day. <laughs> she's an amazing singer, piano player. And she's been out here for a few years and I followed her out here and it was her birthday. And I went to Liberate Hollywood to get her an Oracle deck. There we go. We needed this story because two episodes ago, it was the first time we heard about Liberate Hollywood. And OJ was like, Casey, Uh, why haven't we heard about this before? And I was like, because it wasn't today yet. (laughs) And then here you are bringing it back. And I have goosebumps again. Okay. So you went to Liberate Hollywood to get her an Oracle deck. Guess where we have to go soon? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really dope place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw this sacred earth oracle and I grabbed it. And then there was another one that was like the sensual woman or like the something like that. Mm -hmm. And I grabbed them both. I was like, one of these is for my best friend for her birthday. And I went to the woman at the front desk. I was like, so what do you think of these? You know, what do you think of these two? And she didn't really know. And she said, you know, when I'm trying to choose, I like to just sit and hold it and see, like, which is the one? Like, which one is really calling to me? Which one is for her? And I realized that I'd picked up the Sacred Earth one because I wanted it for me. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the other one that was for her. Nice. The synchronicity gets even more funny because I went back to Liberate when... This friend whose birthday it was, Ren, she was performing there. Huh. They have performances there too. They do a Liberate it's the a Mic. music studio. Liberate Remember, the it mic used to series. be cool. Oh, yeah. We got to tell you. So our guest, Helen Vonderheide, mm-hmm. uh, she does Akashic Records reading there one day a week. That's oh, how wow. we had heard about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you went back to support Ren. Yes. And? And um, it turns out the woman who was working the front desk that day, Callie, she is friends with Ren. And had is the one who hosts the Liberate the Mic. Wow. And I told Brittany the whole story. Ren, Brittany is... Brittany, Ren. Ren, Brittany. Got it. Yes. And she got me that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she went back and got that for me. So awesome. We got to exchange decks there. That's beautiful. But it was so funny because I was like, wait, I've met you before, Callie. And then it turned out she was the one she who had helped me pick the birthday gift for our mutual friend. Right. Without knowing that she was a mutual friend. Exactly. Beautiful stuff. <laughs> I feel like that's that that's a very natural conclusion to what mm. has been a very beautiful time with yes. you, Anna. Thank you. Um, is there anything that we've left out that you would like to share? I feel like I would be remiss to not share something creative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Open okay. to that, Do Jazz. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was sitting on a turtle shell. Casting purple spells, spend all my time inside the cipher so I know the circle well. Jumping over a hurdle fell, flat in my face, ace in the hole, running so fast, making a goal, taking its toll, but naked the soul stands unblemished. Sticks and stones destroy the body, but this peace can never perish. Cherish each precious moment you don't know until it's gone, and just think, if you're wishing for something different, maybe what you have is what you want. And if it's not, you still chose it lifetimes ago. So as you watch the process unfolding, see that shining golden self you are, immaculate, unfolded, golden, a token floating in the river to the ocean, potent, with an effervescent, ever-present glowing, growing something out of nothing. And when you think you can't go on anymore, just remember 
how magma merges with the ocean floor. Dope. Hey. <laughs> she has me in tears, people. <laughs> That's how, as an, as an artist, that's how you know, you know, when someone cries. Mm-hmm. Thank you for receiving. Mm-hmm. We would have all been remiss to not have you share that. I had like completely forgotten there for a minute how deeply I'm impacted by freestyle. Mm. And thank you for stepping up to the plate and saying, I want to swing. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for this space. I wrote that in Costa Rica on a really bumpy road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, as I was watching the sunset over the mountains and just mm-hmm. remembering, we think our problems are so big, but they're just a little blip mm-hmm. <laughs> in this infinite, infinite earth and yeah. universe. Mm. Thank you so much for Thank inviting you. me here. So website where can people get a hold of you um, how can they join your program coming up yes uh you can find me i'm i am anna diorio so i a m a n n a d i o r i o on a really i like to use the instagram a lot so mm-hmm. on there send me a message i can put my email information and everything there so working on the website still and i would love to hear from you august 28th august 29th 29th yes. august 29th cool Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, Anna, MC, singer, artist, (laughs) shaman, badass. Diorio, Jersey girl. Jersey. In the house, girl. Welcome to the house. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, audience. Peace and love. Thank you for tuning in to The Way of Healing. We hope that you find yourself inspired. If you enjoyed our show, a gift is to let others know. And we want to hear from you. Please share your feedback so we know how our work is resonating. Make us aware of modalities and practitioners whom we may not know. If you haven't already, please subscribe at thewayofhealingpodcast.com. Our email is thewayofhealingpodcast at gmail.com and find us at facebook.com forward slash thewayofhealing. Remember, a rising tide lifts all boats.